Mindset Podcast. We're your guide as you make your way through life, getting better 1% every day. We believe that life is lived and true victory won through adversity. Nothing easy is ever worth it. We believe in the warrior ethos and support those that choose to walk that path. So I am very excited in this episode. Uh, our uh, guest this episode is a special one. Uh, his name is Gene Crawford. Uh, you might know him as my co-host here at So Caffeinated. Uh, but we're flipping the switch on this one, and we're putting him in the hot seat. Why? Well, honestly, it's because he is one of the most fascinating humans I've ever met, and that is what we're all about at So Caffeinated. Uh, so I'll give you a brief background on Gene and what we're going to talk about today. So Gene is... Uh, our co-host here at SoCaffeinated. He's also one of my uh, founding partners at SoCo, uh, the, co- the co-work here in the Columbia area. He's president of Period 3, a web design services firm, and runs UnmatchedStyle.com. It's a design-centric website review platform. He produces Converge SE and Beyond the Desktop, two conference series that run all over the U.S. And he's been a graphic designer working on the web for over 20 years. So he's pretty impressive, right? But that's just where it gets interesting. He is also a black belt in Shotokan Karate and a CrossFit athlete. Uh, Gene's talk today and our conversation is going to be on the warrior mindset, uh, helping people be better humans and be better at whatever it is that they do. So we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff, overcoming obstacles, finding purpose, and using purpose to fuel your work, uh, the concepts of adaptability, controlling your fear, and putting in the work. The 20X theory, which I think is going to be fascinating, uh, and then a bunch of other stuff along the way. And as always, we'll close out with the cues, a series of rapid-fire questions and answers that will help us get inside the mind of our guest. So let's get started. Welcome, Gene. What's up, co-host Greg? You are not co-host today. <laughs> you are my freaking guest. I appreciate it. So shut up. I appreciate it. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, so caffeinated. Uh This episode, we're going to be talking about some really cool stuff, probably some stuff that people have never really thought about, most of the people out there. Um, So I gave you a nice little intro there. Yeah, I appreciate it. Tell me, tell us about how you got into this stuff. Which stuff? Why you decided to go into uh, graphic design to begin with. Um, Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know where to begin. You've so many different things that you're involved in. All right. Um, Tell me about a couple of things that that you really really enjoy doing. It's not that impressive. I've just been around a long time. (laughs) I feel old. Um, When you're going through all that stuff, I felt really old. Um, But anyway, yeah, so I got into um, graphic design um, early on in high school, actually. Um, Again. Back in the 70s? No, in the 80s. They had in the 70s? In the 80s. Think Oregon Trail. Think Green Screen, Apple II. Um, So anyway, I got got really into that, and uh, I wanted to figure out how to do that. So um, family member was a U, uh, University of South Carolina grad, so just introduced me to that in the art department, and I, I fell in love with that, and so that was my mission in high school, um, was to get out of high school and get into uh, college and do some graphic design work of some kind. So, so I'm probably one of the only people you know that uh, wanted to do it, went to college for it, got out, and then did it. <laughs> it seems like everybody I know, they go to college and whatever their major was, they wind up doing something else. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Sea turtle restoration. Yeah. And then they're bankers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know how that goes. So, yeah. So, um, 
that's how I got into graphic design and um, got out of college and worked for a collegiate athletic wear design company and design um, shirts that if you've been around Columbia for a while and followed the Gamecocks, you probably wore one of my shirts that I designed at some point. So I did some work for like Starter and Russell Athletic. And Wait a minute. So like let's, let's back up. So, so, so one could realistically say I have worn Gene Crawford. Probably. <laughs> That's kind of cool. That's creepy. But yeah, yeah, sure. It's kind of like fashion designer. Yeah, in a way it was. Um, dude fashion, I guess. Dude fashion. Yeah, so anyway, uh, as things do, I, I moved on and discovered the internet and jumped around from business to business um, during the first wave, during the Clinton campaign, <laughs> the first wave of the uh, dot-com explosion and then implosion. Now, and, and so... That's kind of where I cut my teeth. So, and, and so if, if memory serves me, you, so, so you did something that not a lot of people have the opportunity to do back then. I mean, in your like very early twenties, mm-hmm. you were running a design and development team. That's right. I mean, like, yeah. Oh yeah. In the early days of the web. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, early on, uh, did some stuff for some startups and, and things. So, um, it was at that time it was like, um, you know, what is the internet and how do we put things on it? Right. Um, was kind of where we were. Right. And, you know, we've figured that out since then. <laughs> and then you know, that's how you get to period three. We've been doing that for uh, going on 15 years. So um, what made you decide to make the leap from, you know, sort of lead guy at an agency working for someone else to deciding that you wanted to, right. you know, be really stupid. Mm-hmm. Take the plunge. It was. And go be your own boss. It was. Because I, when I started period three, it was, um, I just had my first kid. And uh, it was like not the optimal time to be starting your own business. <laughs> At least that's what my wife was reminding me of at the time. But stupid me did it anyway. And, and she fully supported me doing it. Um, it was, quite honestly, I was tired of being fired. Right? I, I got tired of things exploding around me and, and other people their idea is not working or, you know, whatever. And it wasn't, it wasn't from a, a sense of ego. Like I could do it better. I just simply got tired of losing my job. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Stuff doesn't work sometimes. It happens, especially then when everybody's just trying to throw whatever idea they have on the internet and trying to make it work and just throwing money at stuff. And I mean, it's great for a while, but it never lasts. And especially then it just was really fast. How old were you when, when sort of you made that decision? Oh my God. So, uh, uh, mid 20, late twenties. So, so you got tired of going from... It takes 42 and minus 15 years, whatever that is. Got it. 30. So, yeah. so somewhere in the late 20s. late 20s. Yeah. So you got tired of working for other people, bouncing in and out of companies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did a lot of that. And so, and you thought, uh, what was it? You, you, you Well, I, I'd always done a lot. You thought you could do it better or you just mm-hmm. literally want, you know, you believed enough in yourself to try to do this. Yeah, it, it was, it was... It was, yeah, like I said, it was never really from ego of like thinking I could do it better than somebody, although that's always there, you know, anytime. If, if you're any kind of entrepreneur, you can always think you could do something better right. than the other guy, right? Right. But it was more of, um, I'd always done freelance. I'd always done freelance work ever since college, right? Even in college, I'd do two or three different things while I was in school. Um, like I worked at the, the the student media. I worked at the Gamecock. We while I was there, we, we sort of envisioned, and, and I worked with a couple other guys, and they led it, but I was part of the team to bring the uh, online Gamecock like, into existence for the first time. This is one of the first um, collegiate student-run newspapers on the Internet at the 
time, which was really cool. Yeah. So I've always done lots of stuff. So I've always done a lot of freelance and it was just a natural progression of like, well, when things get shitty, you know, and you lose some work, you're not getting paid daily. You just kind of fill it in with freelance or whatever. A lot of people do that. That's why SoCo exists, right? (laughs) So I've always done that. And it just became a a thing of like, well, let's just do this full time. Um, I had a co-founder at the time. His name was Jason. And, uh, he was really young. Um, he was like 16 or 17, but probably one of the smartest human beings I knew and still is. I mean, the guy's sort of actually certified a genius. Um, but in, in, you know, if he listens to this, he'll agree. I mean, with genius comes other issues as well. So it didn't work out over the long haul, um, working with him because, you know, he had some demons and you know how genius is. Um, yeah. Great when it works. Um, so let's go back to this. Uh, and we got, we have so much to cover this episode, yeah, sorry. But, but I want to make sure, uh, you know, I, I'm fascinated by like the, the origins of people's entrepreneurial energy. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you started hustling in college with the, the sort of, yep. you know, the freelance before freelance was cool. Yep. I produced a, a comic book magazine in college on my own. It's one of the first things I did. So, so you, you did <laughs> didn't these, go anywhere, but these things, I mean, was this in you to begin with? Yes. Or, or you, were there influences in your life that sort of gave you that gave you some push and direction? Oh yeah, from day one. Um, from day one, my father um, was a huge influence on me, and I don't realize that. I didn't realize it then, and growing up, and through all this until now, later in life, now that I have kids of my own, and I'm sort of trying to impart lessons on them that I've learned. That I fully realized the impact that my father had on me was that he worked a full time job. And he was also a farmer, right? So he would work all day, eight hours a day, doing a, a not a physical job necessarily, but it involved a lot of physicality. He's a um, land surveyor and a, a timber procurement guy. He, he buys trees and sells them for people to make lumber out of. So he's always walking through the woods and stuff like that. Anyway, he would come home and then he would work after dinner until into the night, get up super early before everybody else and work, work all weekend long on, on the farm. We had quite a large farm. Um, so, you know, from, from day one, I, I kind of saw what hard work was, right? I knew what it looked like. I participated in it, right. You know, against my will, but you know, I did it right. So, um, that was honestly a huge influence on me. So I've always lived my life always doing something right. I'm never necessarily just sitting there wasting time where I don't feel like I am. I mean, I do that a little bit more now to sort of decompress, you know, like I, I, I enjoy the Netflix once in a while, you know, Luke Cage and stuff. But like, um, for the most part, I'm always like working on something, you know. And I think I think that's probably, if you consider yourself an entrepreneur in in, in reality, you probably have to have that deep down. You probably always have to be thinking about your next move or what you're working on or trying to figure out how you're going to stand something on its own feet, you know. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting thing you just said, uh, you know we had talked and met with and connected with hundreds of entrepreneurs and creative professionals. And, and they all seem to have that same sort of, uh, what's the right way to say it? Uh, Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. Right. Ooh, piece of candy. Right. Yeah. Myself included and the mm-hmm. entrepreneurs that we hang out with here at SoCo, all of them are always looking, they're doing some stuff and they're always doing some other stuff. Yep. And, and they're always looking for that next thing. Yep. Um, often to their detriment, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I'm interested, you know, you, you have gone through, so we've got SoCo, you're doing period three, you've got unmatched style, yeah. 
you've got two conference series. Yep. And I think you, you do around eight conferences a year all over the U.S. I did. We're, we're you did. Scaling back now, yeah. So, so how did all these things come together? Right. And, and from, a, from your perspective, how do they all connect to something that you're – to your vision for yourself and for your business? Thanks for that softball. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if it is a softball. I don't know. No, it's not. Do they connect? It's not. It's not. Um, it, yeah, they do. So is this ooh piece candy, or is or is there a, a plan? No, no. It's we can talk about those. T- I, I have opinions of those two things, but the first one, I'll answer your question. So, um, I you know I realize now, sort of, let's say after fifteen solid years of a career, you know, looking back at it and being in a place where I'm, I'm you know actively sort of reviewing my life and trying to figure out you know, fixing things that I've messed up, like personally relationships with businesses and like working on that actively, right? Um, every day you need to get better, right? So working on those things, I'm looking back at it and I realize that they're all connected because deep down inside, I have a, a real desire to help, um, help make people better, right? And that's, that's pretty deep. I mean, it can cover a lot of stuff, right? But I realize that's really what I've been doing. Um, you take just the, the the business, like period three, the web design business, just that in and of itself. When I reflect back, the things that I'm most excited about are projects where I'm actually helping a company be better or a person be better. Right. You know, there are there are projects that are that are just um, I've I've always called what do they call it in the stock world, pump and dump, or oh. in the houses you flip houses, whatever. I mean, you always get projects right. like that. They're right? transactional. Yeah, yeah. If somebody just needs help. They don't really want to invest in a relationship business-wise, and you do some work for them, you never see them again. Right. Like, those are ne- necessary in a business. You're always going to have situations like that. It doesn't mean they get less service than, than someone else. But the ones that I really mentally get engaged with and emotionally get engaged with are the ones where we're helping a business truly get to the next level or whatever. And I, and I find that. And the conferences are really what that's all about, too. You know, At the core, I don't program the content in a conference because I think it's something that everyone wants to listen to and that they'll pay ticket money for. I program a conference based on the things that I want to learn personally to get better at what I'm doing. And that my close friends, my crew, they're the things that they want to learn and, and, you know, inside the industry of, you know, web development stuff, they want to learn and they want to use to get better. So at the core of any of the programming of a conference, it is to generally make the people who come better at it, what they do, right? Holistically. You know, yeah. so that's always the goal. And then with the with the websites and the podcasts and the blogs, that's really what it's about. You know, I want to give you one nugget of something that makes you better, just a little bit for having spent time with it. Right? That's what makes me happy. So I, I love that, and I, I think um, I think a lot of people are out there trying to hustle to figure out how they can make money. Yeah, doing their thing. That's where I was going. Quote, yeah, doing their thing. Um, and it just shot. It strikes me as such a shockingly simple concept that you just shared, which is don't do that shit. Yeah. Just go find people that have problems and focus on solving their problems. Yeah. Focus on helping, creating opportunity, or fixing pain. Right. right? So if you do one of those two things, chances are someone is going to be willing to pay you for it. Yeah. Whether that is a conference ticket or a subscription to a, a service but the, or but or the a real contract or the real secret though is to not specifically do it because you think someone will pay pay you for it, right? right? That, it sounds cliche or anti-business, but that's a fringe benefit of doing something that has value, right? If you do something that has value, someone will pay you for it. Right. If you're doing it for other people, right? You will get paid for it. You will, you will figure out a way to make a living on it, 
right? But the key, the first thing is to do it because you intrinsically want it done, right? Right. You're drawn to it. And that, I think that's what, that's what props stuff up. And we're talking about eye candy, you know, and a lot of advice I give where people, you know, ask me like, I got all this stuff I want to do. Which one should I do? I'm like, well, which one do you want to do? And which one are you looking at doing because you think it'll make you rich? Yeah. And I'm, air quoting rich because you will never right get now, rich literally air quotes you will never get rich doing something you think you should do to get rich for right yeah this is my opinion i've seen it yeah you know so 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 you're definitely a dude who follows uh his passions and and now you discovered you know 20 years later that all of the things that you were doing on some level were connected to helping people right so so which is probably why i'm not rich <laughs> I dispute that, right? I know. I mean, obviously, I know. You know, we hang because we share a similar philosophy. Um, so, okay, so, so, right. so you've been on this journey, right? This journey yeah. of um, this entrepreneurial journey, this creative journey. Right. Um, you know, recently you have uh, sort of uh, gone down a different path. Uh, maybe it's the same path, maybe it's just a, a different set of steps. Right. Um, you know, you. You achieved this black belt in uh, right. Shotokan Karate. Right, right. You are now cert- becoming certified. Am I saying that wrong? No, it's fine. Okay. I just like it. He's laughing at me. It, I'm not laughing. I'm enjoying it. Miyagi-Do Karate. <laughs> Miyagi-Do. Um, so, 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 so you know, and this is a journey that you started a number of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You found performance, you know, uh, activities, right. you know, CrossFit athlete, right. right. You bend freaking metal with your throat. I mean, you can throw ninja stars now, like I little can. people. This dude can <laughs> throw ninja stars now. And, and what I love right. about Gene, he is the worst, the absolute worst self-promoter I have ever met in my life. <laughs> right? You know those people that Appreciate can it. just sell, that they sell in their sleep? He sucks at it. He's terrible at it. Right. Which is what, which is what makes him such an incredible human. So tell me about this journey. Why did you start it? I mean, and this, and this literally, the Shotokan, this is the path that samurai followed, correct? Uh, is, that, is that accurate? Let's just say yes. Okay. <laughs> but it, it can be, yeah. Okay. So uh, I don't want to get into nomenclature and stuff, but right. I will accept that. You call me a samurai, I'll take it. Sweet. <laughs> That's what I want. Uh, yeah, so um, it's a very similar path. Um in that, uh, man, I don't even know how to set that up, man. Um, what I'm, just, I'm just sort of drawn to things that require a great deal of effort to sort of conquer. Does that make sense? So like um, starting a new business, um, planning a conference, going on a 12-mile run or, you know, training for seven years to get your black belt, right? Like it takes a lot of effort. It's more than just showing up and do it. You have to like plan. You have to change your life for it. You have to dig into it. Like I, I realized I'm attracted to that. You know, like I enjoy that. That's my hobby, which is weird, but I just like it. I, I think there's a lot of people that are probably very similar. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, the quick story of that is, is, um, kind of funny actually, because, uh, the first day in the dojo, I was actually too scared to, uh, to take a karate class. Like I was too intimidated. I was too worried about people laughing at me cause I couldn't do it or whatever. So I did what most parents do is I shoved my kid into the karate <laughs> class. Yeah. And then once I realized that, once I realized that, Hey, my kid's not going to die. Things are safe. But then I 
actually shoved my other kid in the karate class. And once I realized he was safe, then I joined. So uh, folks out there in, in, uh, in podcast land just want to clarify, this is not a parenting podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is about pursuing the things that make right. your life worth living. Yeah. So, so we are not <laughs> endorsing the shoving of children into karate <laughs> classes. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so, uh, you know, the, the karate in particular, um, it is, for me, it's not as much about um, physical accomplishments, um, all that, that is built into it. It's it's more the, the mental accomplishments, the emotional accomplishments, the um, the performance that you can get from, from being able to control your, your emotions and your uh, approach to life and your, your mental fortitude, you know, make it through bad shit. Right. I mean, karate itself becomes a metaphor for life, yeah. you know, at the end. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that until they get to the end and they realize, oh, I spent all this time. I should have been paying more attention to these lessons, but they all come to fruition at the end. So obviously this has had a huge influence on uh, how you live your life, starting with your dad, moving yep. forward to, you know, the, this theme that's been running through, which is, you know, hard work, right? right. Putting in the hard work. You talk, and you've also talked about finding purpose. How, how do you, how do you use purpose to fuel your work? How did, for, for people out there that, that are, that are trying to figure out what their purpose is and what, why they exist and maybe in something less existential, you know, so right. That's a finding stuff that you're ex- excited about and, yeah. and, and, and making that stuff, stuff you do every day. Yeah. Well, I tell you, um, oh man, it is, um, a lot of people build it up, right? They build that up to be way, uh, bigger than it actually is. Um, I think it's a lot simpler. I think that, um, you know, purpose, purpose in life, you know, everybody wants to discover their purpose. Everybody wants work life balance, right? That's just some of the stuff you always read on the internet, but it's all kind of like false, right? Those endpoints, those are, those are rewards. You know, those are the championships that you hopefully get to one day. The reality is, is that it's, it's real. Life is just a slog, right? It sounds depressing, but it's reality. You, you get up, you do things and you go back to sleep. That's literally what it is. And sometimes you just have to shut your brain off and do the work, right? But the key, and I used to think that setting and using goals was total bullshit, right? I used to think it was, and and I'm not too uh, I'm not too proud to admit when I'm wrong. I was totally wrong about that, and I just realized that I was caught up in you know the name goal, right? So a lot of people you'll find that they set these goals, right? And you hear a lot of these right around New Year's Eve, right? And then a couple of weeks after the new year, like people stopped doing the stuff that they said they wanted to do, right? Like those new year's resolutions, those short term goals, bullshit goals. I need to lose 20 pounds. I need to, you know, this year I'm going to make a hundred grand, right? Those, what those aren't real. That's just some shit you pulled out of the air, right? right? But a goal can be something that gets you towards your purpose in life, right? A goal can be something that's, that's huge or it can be something that's small. It can literally be losing 10 pounds, but that is the thing, right? That is the being, that is how you want to become. Well, then you use that and you start breaking that down into strategic things. Like if I, if I want to lose 20 pounds, 
you know, and I, and I literally coach people for this. If I want to lose 20 pounds, what are three things that I need to do to lose 20 pounds? Right. And here's where it gets interesting from there. What are things that I can do by myself that become action items that let me do those three things? Right. And then you can break that even more into what are daily habits? What are things I can do every day that I wake up that can push me towards those things to get me towards those goals, right? That's where it gets real. Because when you when you start to transpose that in thing, that way you want to be one day when you grow up, and down into these things that you begin to do every single day that become habits, well, guess what? You are, a, you are now doing that thing that you set as a goal every day, right? But if all we do is focus on is that in piece, if all we do is focus on those 20 pounds, you'll never lose them. Right. So, 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 and you've been doing this, you've been sharing some, some of these lessons, these concepts through this, this these talks you're doing, the, right. the warrior mindset talk, right, right. Um, which I love. I got to see the other day. It was, cool. Uh, it was awesome. Brought my son to it. Um, I wish he could understand words because <laughs> he would have been He'll inspired. He'll get there. He'll get there. One day. Um, you know, so I, I think I, what you said is really powerful. I mean, so losing 20 pounds is the goal, but if that is the end game, can you cl- clarify this a little bit? Right. So the end game, so the goal is losing 20 pounds, but what you're saying is most people, they say, okay, I did it. I'm done. As opposed to saying, right. I want to lose weight. I want to lose 20 pounds because of this larger concept yes. of, of how I want to be. Sure. Whether it's, I want to be a better father, a better Right. Husband, a better right. wife, uh, right? Hey, uh, I want to be more fit. I want to feel better exactly. about my life. Exactly. Exactly. So it goes beyond that, right? So that's where a lot of people fall short. You know, we're talking about goals. Let's use let's continue on the weight loss because um, it's a lot. It's easy for people to understand. So right. you you focus on that loss of twenty pounds, right? Well, that's not really the end state, right? The end state is living life with the same habits and the same change of life that enabled you to lose 20 pounds for the rest of your life. That's really what you want. Right. Right. You want to lose 20 pounds. Well, you want to be more healthy, right? Well, you're not going to just be healthy because you lose 20 pounds. You're going to get healthy because you change your life to lose 20 pounds. And then that's how you live your life for eternity. The discipline, the commitment. Right. And, and that's where discipline and commitment comes in. Right. And they don't have to be super hardcore, you know, karate principles, right? They can be simple things, you know, like in business. You know, maybe you want to close a $100,000 deal in the next six months. Well, you need to make how many sales calls every day right. to get to that point? Well, you do that. You make three a day, right? Before long, you get one. Well, you're not going to stop after you get that one contract, right? You're going to keep going for the rest of your life. Yeah, I think that's the problem. But they're small. that You can bite them off and you right. can do them. But that, that's the problem. I think, uh, you know, a lot of people struggle with the discipline, right? So uh, another great example of business practice that you've heard a thousand quadrillion times but one that only works when you do it. So do what you say you're going to do. Oh, I love it. Right? Yeah. I mean, right. This, this concept of um, uh, right. that, that client or that partner is expecting my call on Thursday. So I'm going to call Better on have Thursday. One. Yeah. I'm and I struggle with that Thursday. too. Right? We got a you deadline know, on a right. project. Right. Are, right. Are we committed enough to this yep. discipline to hit that deadline? Yep. And then what does that mean for us as individuals, right? What does that say to the people right. that we work with? If we miss that deadline, right. or if we're late for that meeting, or 
I think a lot of people struggle with the discipline of they do. discipline they to do. how they run their businesses, how they create products, they do. Um, right? How they tackle weight loss, any of that stuff. Yeah, it's it, in at that point in your life. If you're if you're at that point, and I do this, and I fail this test. You know, I'll say I fail this test every day. I'm not perfect, right? Um, no one is. It's not going to happen. I mean, unless you're, I don't know, Buddha or something. But like, you take an integrity test, right? It comes down to integrity, like that is like the key. So, um, and it just it's just being honest with yourself. You know, we tell ourselves lies all the time. They're little ones, they're big ones, whatever. We tell ourselves what we want to hear in our own head. Like we, you know, I didn't make that call because of X, Y, Z, right? And it's cool. I'll just do it tomorrow, right? And like I said, I feel that all the time. But that, that's really what discipline, what backs up discipline is, is integrity, is being honest with yourself. The analogy in the gym is that like if your trainer's watching you and coaching you and he says do 10 reps of whatever, you do 10. And then the next cycle comes around and when he turns his back, you do eight. Right. 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 The- you got to do 10, man. Right. A measure, of, a measure of the man or the woman is, is what they do when people aren't watching. That's right. Um, you know, another thing that, 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 that came out in your talk that really resonated with me is, is this concept of adaptability. Can, can you talk a little bit about that and, and how it would apply to an entrepreneur or to a freelancer or someone who is sort of running their own show? Um, okay. Why? What is adaptability? What does it mean? Why does it matter? Right. So you're kind of talking about um, being able to adapt, right? Being able to sort of... Um, withstand a gut punch, right? Losing a big contract or, or, you know, pulling an all-nighter or whatever it is, right? So um, it really begins with um, the emotional sphere of your life. So it begins with awareness. Um, Self-awareness is where it starts. So you have to be aware of your emotions. You have to be aware of what fuels you, and you have to be aware of what sets you off, you know, if that's the other side of your problem. So you have to spend time, and this is where it gets hard, this is where the integrity and the discipline comes in, right? You have to spend time thinking about shit that just went down, right? You have to sort of take stock of things, reflect on your day, you know, spend time breathing and listening to your inner thoughts. And that sounds like Tony Robbins bullshit, but I promise it will work if you spend time introspectively looking at your own Emotions, looking at what what got you through the day, what kicked your butt that day, how you would have done things differently, or how you succeeded. Celebrate the wins, right? Um, so you're saying that, adaptability is about first understanding your what you're, what you're capable of, absolutely. knowing yourself, so that when when the almost guaranteed situation comes up where change happens mm-hmm. and that change might not necessarily be good. Right, you That's can right. roll with that punch. You can move quickly. You can respond. That's right, and you can adapt. And In a best case scenario, take advantage of the situation. Right, right, because this is what we all want. We all want to win, right? Right. That's why we're here. Let's not pull punches. <laughs> Tiger blood, <laughs> winning. Yeah, man. Gene Crawford. Yeah, but um, it's that it's that intuition, right? I mean, you, you kind of. So people talk about like that sixth sense, right? You just know when you meet somebody that they're like a little off or weird or you're not going to trust them. Like you just know that, right? You always, you always have intuition. Like, you know, into a survival scenario, you know, you're walking back to your car and the hair stands up on the back of your neck and then you see some weirdo, you know, you know when you should be a little more safe, right? You got to feed that intuition and that's a real thing. That goes back to like prehistoric days where, 
you know, we're running through the field and there's a tiger, saber tooth tiger chasing you or whatever. You're trying to live. <laughs> it goes back to that, man. Like, but, but you gotta, I love your analogies, dude. These are great. It applies to the business world too. You know, you can't tell me if you do any kind of services work, you cannot tell me that you do not know the first day you meet a client that this shit's going to go sideways. Right. You feel it in your gut, right. right? You know it. So what are you saying? Are you saying we should be more in tune with our intuition? Yes. And use it more and yes. align it more because yes. it's something real? Right. And that you can be... quantified or... That's or right. Empirically. Absolutely. And it, it could be like... I'm not saying to be as extreme as like, oh, this guy's kind of wigging me out. You're fired. Right? You don't want to... Right. But it is that this might go south, so let me prepare. Right. The proper things, maybe it's legal documentation, maybe it's bookkeeping, maybe it's like make sure you get that contract signed. Like whatever the heck it is that you're not doing that you really need to make sure you shore up, have some discipline and do to take care of stuff if it goes sideways. Use that use that opportunity to actually like get it done. I love this. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of people that you're coaching now both in the creative world, in the business world, and now in the sort of fitness world. And, you know, another concept that, that, that you shared, um, that I just think is really cool. And I want, I want to make sure the our listeners have a chance to understand it is this, the theory of 20 X, this 20 X theory. Right. Can you talk about this a little bit? Well, that's not mine. I, um, give credit where it's due. I I borrowed that from a, as a mentor of mine, Mark Devine. He's a former Navy SEAL invented uh, something called seal fit. Anyway, uh, this is straight out of like Navy SEAL stuff, but uh, it's the idea that if you're a human being, you are capable of 20 times more output or survival or you know mental toughness, whatever it is. You're capable of 20 times more than you actually think you are, right? Human being, human beings can withstand a lot, where it's physical, emotional, any kind of stressor. We can withstand a lot, and, the, and this the, is. Proven through the SEAL training. Proven. And it's proven through life, too. I mean, if, if you're listening, if you've ever lost, like, if you've ever lost a loved one or someone really close to you or, you know, something really close to you, whatever, like, you got over it. I mean, you're still alive. You're still doing stuff. You're still getting up, right? You are you have whatever things you have to listen to this podcast. But at the moment, it felt like the hardest right. thing you ever went through in your life. And you made it through. And it's the same as, like, you apply it to physical and mental, emotional spiritual, whatever it is, you're capable of 20 times more than you think you are. And that is the truth. We really are. So, so what is the message around that? Uh, so if, so if people out there are listening and they say, okay, I, I can dig that. I get that. Yeah. I, can, I can understand that. How do people tap into that? What, what is, what is your message for them about how to achieve a 20 X? Yeah. So sort of life? I'll go through that real quick. So you can look this up. Maybe we'll link something up in the, in show, the notes. show notes. But um, look it up. It's called the Five Mountains, and it's something that uh, that Mark Devine really stands behind. It's something I've taken to heart. Um, I I try to practice this every day. So it's the Five Mountains of complete physical, spiritual completeness. Right. So physical, mental, emotional, intuition, like your awareness, your intuition. We talked about that. And then ultimately, what we're talking about is grit. Right. It is that ability to tap into that twenty x. So it's those things together that you train daily, that you introspection yourself on, you spend time thinking about it. introspect. Yeah. Um, he calls it Kokoro, which is the Japanese term for grit. It's like okay. warrior spirit, right? So ultimately, that's what we're building towards is that grit. So if you work through those things, and that's much longer than this one podcast to get into, <laughs> then, then you can 
begin, you can start to understand how you can tap into that. Um, Navy SEALs train that by putting you through, you know, a tremendously intense physical test for, you know, what, 120 hours straight or whatever it is. They try to break you physically, mentally, and then build you back up. A lot of military does that, but Navy SEALs are famous for that. Literally what I did during the black belt test, I went through a 72 hour version of that, um, sort of unpack your life and then pack it back together as a warrior, right? As, as living that lifestyle with Kokoro or grit, right? Is in, in you have that ability to tap into that, that 20 times factor. Time. I wish we had more time. (laughs) I mean, it's crazy. You know, we could go so deep on so many of these topics. This has been, uh, this stuff I don't, I personally don't know a lot about. I think, I think it resonates with me and I probably, you know, I have a couple of those mountains, uh, but I'm missing a couple. We all do, man. Um, so, so that, that was awesome, man. First uh, step is awareness, Greg. Right. <laughs> My name is Greg. And I am <laughs> an entrepreneur. Um, all right. So, oh, time for the cues. Cues. Uh, rapid fire questions and answers. Um, some of these we've already covered, but we're gonna we're gonna ask them anyway. Cues. So, are you ready, man? I'm ready. Let's do this. All right. Uh, so, if you could go back in time, uh, twenty years. And give your much younger self one piece of advice, just one, what would it be? It would be to document everything I do. And that might sound a little egotistical, but I would, like, I really wish that I had a way to look back at the dumbass thoughts that were going through my mind 20 years ago. <laughs> just to learn from it now as a, as a 42-year-old would be immeasurable. Okay. Um, so as a... As a uh, as a successful entrepreneur and a creative professional, what is the one biggest lesson that you've learned? To never give up. To never quit. Always keep going. Look, man, business, you win at business by being around longer than everybody else. <laughs> Say that one more time. I love that. <laughs> it's a war of attrition, man. You win at business by being around longer than your competition. That one's going to get tweeted somewhere. Ooh, it's a good one. It's not mine, but it's good. That's cool. We'll, we'll take it. Uh, we're working on a trademark right now. <laughs> um, what's the last book or podcast that you listen to and why? Uh, the last book that I just finished, literally finished it last night, was, um, oh man, Extreme uh, Ownership, Extreme Ownership by Joko Willenick. And he's a, um, he's a former Navy SEAL. You can listen to his podcast. It's one of the last ones I listened to, The Joko Show or Jocko Show. We'll link it up. But, um, it's a great book about leadership, about using discipline to be a good leader, um, and owning the uh, owning the the being a leader, like owning it outright. Um, anyway, it's a great book, and um, anybody who's running a business or anything should read that book, like immediately. Cool. All right, so we've been talking a lot about warrior mentality and some pretty hardcore stuff. Let's lighten it up a little he, bit. He. What's your recipe for creativity? How do you stay creative? Ah, uh, man. Um, I struggle with that. Uh, you know, you feel burned out for once in a while, and, and that's that's what I can talk about. When I when I start to feel burned out, I do something completely different, right? So I will literally like, if I'm working on writing something or I've got to do something that's due that I don't want to do, you know, <laughs> I will it maybe call procrastination, but I will actually get up for thirty minutes and go do something completely different, like disengage my brain from that specific thing. Cool. All right, next question. Uh, uh, you've answered this one, but. You know, we'll, we'll do it anyway. So who do you consider your mentor and why? <laughs> uh, well, it's interesting. Uh, 
literally, I have a couple of mentors that I've really tapped into. One is literally my sensei. I learned a lot from him. Um, and then another would be uh, absolutely Mark Devine. I mean, he you know, doesn't necessarily know it we on a daily you, basis. We but, love you, Mark. Yeah, but he is a mentor of mine. Awesome. Um, okay, so uh, let's turn that one around. If you could choose anyone in the world to be to, to, to engage with you as a mentor, anybody. Oh, man. And they could be alive or dead. Who would you pick? <laughs> you look this guy up. Um, you call me a karate nerd at the end of this, but uh, Gichin Funakoshi. He is the Bless founder you. of the style of karate that I study, and um, he's been gone a while, but uh, man, I'd love to spend some time with that guy. What's his name again? Gichin Funakoshi. Bless you again. <laughs> um, all right, uh, next one. So uh, so you've done a lot of stuff. Uh, recently, what's one project that you got done, you pushed out, something you shipped, um, that you're most passionate about or most proud of? Project? Project, product, thing, effort, whatever. Your question. Oh, man. Uh, something I'm super proud of right now is um, Soko Bakery. And that was um, literally you led that and you pulled that out. But uh, I'm super damn proud of that because uh, anybody who's listening to this that knows anything about it knows what an incredible opportunity it is um, just for us as business partners but as the community and putting that place on the map for Columbia is just huge. Okay, so just we'll probably edit this out, but this is what I'm talking about. I'm like, tell me about yourself and some shit that you rock at. And you're like, <laughs> I'm really proud of the thing that you did. Selfless. This guy is freaking selfless. Fired. Uh, okay, uh, next question. Um, never show weakness. What is your kryptonite? What is your Achilles heel? <laughs> Procrastination. Okay. Because <laughs> I really enjoy doing things that have nothing to do with the thing I'm doing. <laughs> so it makes sense. It's like the yin and yang thing. Like, Gene Crawford's recipe for creativity. Do the thing you that's going to screw you in the end. Yeah. I don't know. That's kind of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, last question. Do you believe there's life on other planets? Absolutely. Why? Absolutely. Why? Because <laughs> there is. Because I believe in science. Did you meet them? I believe in uh, evolution and I believe in like the way the universe works and there will, there absolutely is life. There's a lot of life out in the universe. All right. You heard it here. Folks. It's infinite. You heard it here, folks. There's a lot of life out there. Yeah, it's infinite. Cool. All right. Well, listen, this wraps up another episode of So Caffeinated. We want to thank our guest, Gene Crawford, in this episode. Um, with period three, unmatched style, SoCo, So Caffeinated, uh, <laughs> and the 46 other things that he does. So, Gene, if people want to learn more about what you do, uh, where can they find you? Oh man! Digitally, digitally, uh, you go to period3.com. You can go to unmatchedstyle.com. You can go to convergesc.com. <laughs> you can go to integratedwarrior.us. That's a new one I launched, so we'll link that one up. You can go there. Okay. Um, all right. Thanks again, folks. We appreciate you tuning in. Uh, join us next week as we feature another highly caffeinated conversation with more interesting people about work life, community, and creating the things you love. Uh, if you like what you heard today, we guys, we would love for you to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast awesomeness. Share this podcast with people that you care about in your life. Uh, and then check back for uh, episodes on the SoCo website, soco-work.com. Till next time, folks. Keep rocking. Arrivederci. <laughs>